Hey everybody, it's Roxy. And it's Prisca. And we know that uh, the Supreme Court just overruled Roe v. Wade yesterday, so Prisca and I are coming on here because it is extremely important that we talk about what just happened in this important moment of history. Yeah, I, I think, you know, more than anything, we we needed to process together. And so mm-hmm. thanks for kind of processing with us and being patient with us as we sort through a lot of our feelings, you know. Hey, my love. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you so very much. I love you so very much. And I'm just a big part of me is just thinking like, um, when does this end? Yeah. Do you feel that way, too? I mean, yeah, I feel like I've had so many days in the past couple of years where I am immobile mm-hmm. and um, I have to call off work. I have to call off everything and just kind of sit and reel from things. Um, and this is this is maybe the biggest one yet. It just feels like a very dark day in American history. And in what in the time that we've been alive, this is one of the darkest days to me, right. maybe third or fourth, you know? Right. So how about you? How how are you doing? It's 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 um it's weird because we had BLM, we had mm-hmm. Stop Asian Hate, we had coronavirus, mm-hmm. we had Kung Flu. Oh like the the these all felt really grandeur at the yeah. time that it happened. Remembered like yeah. I think everybody was calling each other, checking up on each other. And we did get a notice of the draft of Roe v. Wade being overturned about two months ago. Yes. And that riled everybody up. But we're just like, there's a small part of me that was still holding on hope. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like it's not really going to happen. Like delusionally, like delusionally, (laughs) like, (laughs) I'm just like, you know, everybody's putting in the work. Like, I know, I'm like, they they must be talking about this like crazy if this draft was leaked, you know, but then the fact that this happened and the way that I reacted was so different than how I've been processing it in the past, like with all these other events. Like, I just, um, I just felt so tired, Priscilla. Like, I felt like absolutely immobile like immobile like what you yeah. said like I remembered feeling um you know when Trump got elected or like you know there were all of these different movements that happened and I'm I'm like yeah like let's go march let's go protest like I'm fucking pissed yeah yeah and it it just I don't want to put like a you know I don't I don't want to put things down because things are already way down but it's like where can we find that collective urge to like galvanize and fight you know because yeah. it feels extremely dark like should i call you of abe now <laughs> i know right 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 like seriously i didn't know handmaiden's tale was going to be a documentary but you know i think part of what we want to do today is obviously process our thoughts but one of the things that was really helpful for me yesterday was right when i found out the news pretty much i i was scheduled for um you know a conversation with my life coach yanika who who, who we oh, talk about a lot amazing. and what yeah. was great was you know i'd spent the two hours preceding that call, just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and angry posting and scrolling and scrolling. And, and, you know, all of my group chats were lit up and all of us were just screaming into a void together. But what was great was once I got on the phone with her, it slowed down and I was able to actually parse out my thoughts instead of just sitting in kind of this no man's land, no woman's land, no person's land of Mm -hmm. not having any clarity and just feeling a lot of anger and sadness, but not actually processing any of those things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just like slowing down, slowing down my thoughts, actually accessing my thoughts, actually hitting 
like processing through what I was actually feeling and thinking instead of just being in this kind of like spin cycle of, you know, of getting so many opinions and, um, you know, even both like agreeing or disagreeing with people on the left, agreeing or disagreeing with people on the right, mostly disagreeing, obviously, but, um, Mm. just kind of ping ponging back and forth. And then also feeling a a certain amount of guilt, you know, but from a lot of things on social media and a lot of things Uh were like, you're not doing this enough. You're not, this is because you didn't do this enough. And I'm just like, okay, but what do we actually (laughs) think of it? Where are we actually at? And, and like, yeah, I understand like you can always point fingers, but like, but that's not actually helpful to help process through what we're going through right now and how we can heal and then go and fight, you know, in a real way. That's amazing. I think that's what that conversation was able to do for me. And that's why I want to ask you like in that same kind of frame of mind to just slow things down together. And it's like, what are you, what are you angry at right now? What's wild was the first thing that I felt was numbness, which is the scariest thing that Mm -hmm. you can experience when you're feeling such a volatile extraction of your rights. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I felt numbness and I felt immobile and, you know, clearly like, you know, just by us saying this, all of us have different ways of dealing with, you know, discovery of news like this. Prisca had a chance to talk it out with her life coach. I am somebody who, does the ritualistic modality of needing to self-regulate. So what that means is I need to sit still and I need to feel it go through my body. Mm. And sometimes this takes like a whole day. Sometimes it takes like a whole week right before I feel ready to talk to anybody. Um, And so this, this type of what I'm, what am I the most angry about? Let's see. Um, For those of us who are more sensitive or energy sensitive, um, uh, like me and Prisca, we tend to feel the collective grief. Mm. Like even in Los Angeles yesterday, going to get a cup of coffee, it, it felt like um, the first day that Trump was elected. Yeah. Do you remember how oh, that felt? Like yes. the entire city just felt like this heavy weighted, like um, yeah. there's like a stone on us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there was a darkness that mm. was sort of eluding in everyone, especially if you're women or, you know, you're somebody who, has the ability you know you're a woman whatever however you define that feel that you feel personally affected by this like that is emitting off of everybody that I walked across Mm. and so for me my grief is for the women and for the people who are going to die because of this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whose lives are at risk because of this for all the unborn babies that are going to be born without support because Mm of this Mm -hmm. And like the misguided fucking narrative yeah. of what this is cloaked as. Yes. That is what I'm fucking pissed about. Right. Like I just, I hate, I just hate, I just hate the lies, mm-hmm. you know? And this isn't about like saving babies. You no, know what I'm saying? It's like, I know all. that we roughly touched upon, um, what was it? You know, just like listening to like the pro-life argument for this. Yeah. And 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 then and then trying to listen to what the what the intention of making this a state's issue rather than a constitutional issue right you know what what is the intention behind that and then um just really breaking apart the onion and flying back to the big picture view of the bigger picture agenda that you know this republican party i know not i know a lot of republicans don't you know abide by what happened but the bigger party you know what their agenda is is stripping away the rights (laughs) of women of queer people 
you know, mm-hmm. of being able to make choices for ourselves. Anyways, yeah, agreed. That's what I'm absorbing. What about you, Priscilla? Like, did you feel the same way? I totally agree. I, I, I think that it, I think what makes me sick to my stomach is these mostly Republican leaders right now, um, desiring tyrannical power in a democracy and they're stripping our democracy. And mm-hmm. this is one aspect of it. And it's already horrible, but their raw, unchecked desire for power is only going to, like you say, continue to strip rights from people just so that they can maintain power. And this isn't about pro-life. Like we know that because if it were really pro-life, then there would be structures in place. Like if there's an abortion ban, then there would be maternity leave, universal health care, childhood yes. education for free, you know, child yes. care for free yes. um, or, or affordable, just affordable. We would almost just take affordable at this point, but none of that exists. So it's kind of like to me, like you said, like not both like these two things cannot be true. So they're lying like they're like you said, this is a lie and it upsets me so much because it it's just so hypocritical and I'm angry for I'm angry for all like people that can get pregnant, like all people that can get pregnant. I'm a, I'm upset for them, whether you want to get pregnant or not. Like we are, we have the facilities for it. And if you're sexually active, like I'm, I feel for all of us because, you know, this affects every single one of us and it affects the fucking men. But first and foremost, like that's who I'm angry for. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking angry for BIPOC people, for trans people, for people of lower incomes. Yes. Because they are going to get hit the fucking hardest. Yes. And yeah. And I'm fucking angry for like, I'm angry for the past, the present and the future. I'm angry for everyone who's had an abortion, um, who's gone through that, honestly, like trauma and, and, and through that burdensome decision and now they're being layered with this like moral implication from their own governance that they're somehow morally wrong. I'm angry for them because they already carry so much. I'm angry for today. Like people who are people who are pregnant, capable who are pregnant today, who can't have resources today. And I'm worried for us in the future for all the other rights that are going to be stripped away. So that's like what I'm angry about. You know, what's really scary, Priscilla. What's up? Is that this is a Supreme Court's decision right and um i i during this entire time i know for a fact yeah that there has been cases presented in front of them i know congress has been talking to them Mm -hmm. telling them what would happen if xyz like all the stories that we know about you know the 16 year old grabbing a clothes hanger from her closet and Mm -hmm. performing her own abortion you know the back alley abortions you know death of a young kid death of a mother all of these they've heard it all yeah and the fact that they still made this decision, yeah. 6-3, yeah. is fucking mind-boggling to me. I mean, what's difficult, what I will say, is there are anecdotes on both sides. So it's like there are heart-wrenching anecdotes on both sides. And that's right. what's tough, right? Because there's definitely, you know, I grew up with the narrative of my mom saw that my youngest sister, Vicky, was potentially Down syndrome. And they asked her if she wanted to end the pregnancy and she took it to term and was like, I'm so happy because God like blah, 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 delivered a healthy baby to me. So for every clothes hanger story, which is awful, there's also these other stories of like restore, you know what I mean? Like to, to answer that. So for me, anecdotes, I I'm cautious with right now 
Right. But what but what what kind of like it's basically not trusting the individual to make their own judgment call. One hundred percent. And and the thing that I'm seeing right now, that the, the, the term that jumped out at me, you know, and we, right. we're not going to get too much in the weeds of this, but it's judicial activism, which is not 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 supposed to be in the Supreme Court. Explain what that is. So it, basically, to my understanding, it's basically that these judges were basically especially the three that were tacked onto the court, like by Trump or rushed in, you know, especially <laughs> right. Amy. Yeah. Like they understood how were they, how they were going to vote on this already. And, yes. and so it almost didn't have anything to do with what they were presented with. They already that, had an understanding of how they were meant to vote for this because they were installed to vote for something like this. That's like the reason why so they were put scary there. scary yeah. because the position of a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Right. It's terrifying. It, you're not supposed to come in with that bias. No. And they promised they wouldn't in their hearings. That's what's <laughs> so upsetting, you know, and then but that's what's terrifying. I think if we look at today, if we look at the past four years, yes, this is scary. But if you pull out and look at it from like the 70s and 80s, this has mm. been a concerted effort by the oh, Republican sure. Party, a game plan that they've it's like watching a slow moving tsunami like, you know, since like George W and between George W and Trump, I believe they installed five um, Supreme Court justices. Right. So this has been a slowly moving tsunami from like the 90s, thousands to the, you know, the 10s and into the 20s. Now it's all about money and power. It's all about maintaining and holding on to power. And it has nothing to actually do about abortion, in my opinion. This is just of course, this, a this is really issue. not an abortion. No, like it's only like a small puzzle piece in the grander uh, hundred piece puzzle that they're currently hundred percent. Yeah. Like the whole thing with Clarence Thomas yes. and him being so brazen about what his to do list is next. Yeah. Contraceptives. Contraceptives. <laughs> I have an IUD. I have an IUD in my body. I've been taking birth control since before I was even sexually active to help control my period. Yeah. If that is called into question again, like I think you shared in your IG stories, rich people will have access to this. Rich people will always end up being able to find and get access to this. Yes. The people that really get hurt when these things, if these things become bad, like we don't want to catastrophize, you know, but if like say contraceptives become banned, the people that will suffer are people in low income and Absolutely. people of color, like Absolutely. low income Absolutely. areas. Yeah. These people who are, I'll say these like white male privileged, entitled rich people yeah. will always be able to get what they need. Yes. But they're like cutting off resources and access for people of lower income BIPOC communities, yeah. right? And and women who are in situ or people, you know, preg people who could get pregnant, they're situations that they cannot control. Yeah. Especially if you're talking about like people under the age of 18, yeah. you know, in certain circumstances. Yeah. Like it's just, it leaves them completely powerless. Yes. And again, it's not about abortion because if it was, comprehensive sexual education would be available in schools across this country, especially public institutions. You know what I'm saying? This is like, why I think that this country is becoming more and more of a scam. Like they're trying to limit it's a scam. The education. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what's being taught in schools right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, like Priscilla, this really does feel like, I don't know. It, 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 I don't even know if I have the language to really describe it, right. but it's becoming more of like, would you call it like, 
they want us to bring us back to like the Christian teachings of like back in the day, but like make it all for America, right? Like that's the whole point. Yeah. Like destroying. See, I don't know what the ultimate game plan is. I think right. that's the narrative that they're selling, right? Like, but it's so like, extreme. That, that that's what I'm oh, wondering. Like, it's so, it's extreme. so extreme. I think like part of what's happening is you know I I know that back in the eighties, basically during the Reagan era, the the Republicans did not fully know how to get voters to the polls. They didn't have a reliable way to do it until mm. they realized that they could galvanize the evangelical church around a topic like abortion and same-sex marriage. And once okay. they had those two silver bullets, like mm-hmm. every single Republican that has a real chance, they add those two things to the things that they're fighting for. Because for some reason, these two things, they're easily understood and e- easy to fear monger around and easy to galvanize and create a divine mo- pseudo moral high ground for people to vote on. You know, and I want to say, like, I grew up in the church, like, I think, you know, I think hearing even the celebratory side, it makes me really sick to my stomach because I remember those moments in church where we would pray, we would pray against um, people that were pro-choice. We would pray against, we would say, wow, like the fact that Roe v. Wade, you know, is Mm. a constitutional right is... um, Mm -hmm devastating to Christians, right? I remember growing up like that. And I remember pastors getting up on stage and deeming like certain things of victory when, um, abortion rights were cut, you know? And I'm, I feel sick about it because I know what that was like. I know that these people, they're, they, it's not necessarily bad intentions. However, they've been used as political pawns, you know? And then, and they're so easily manipulated because these politicians can turn something into the divine and how can you fight against the divine? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know the whole thing about the separation of church and state is bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. And that's the fucking first amendment. And here are they saying all the thing about the constitution, like having the right to bear arms. Right. And then like taking away this constitutional right to like have access to abortion. And then now all this separation of church and state, then what is America? What is America? Yeah. How can you love these two things at once? You can't No. It's so ambiguous. They're fucking biased. It's all there. The evidence is there. hundred percent. It, it has literally nothing. It, it, it's like it. It's it's just it's against the First Amendment. Full stop. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like, and it makes me so mad because I don't know. It just makes me so angry because it's so myopic and they're so easy. It's so easy to manipulate their base. Like, and these aren't stupid people. They they just they feel like it's part of their re- religious calling, and then like the fact that this country was based on like in God, we trust, like they feel like some sort of entitlement, but how, like if you were to say that you had to have a Buddhist statue in your home, they would fucking be livid at that, you know, but it's like rules for thee, but not for me kind of shit. So, Oh my God. I know it's, it makes me sick. I don't, I don't really, it makes me fucking sick. And and in fact, like I have a hard time. There are certain people in my family that I'd rather not talk to right now because I think I, I would just be really triggered. I want to have those conversations. I'm not saying I'm I'm xing anyone out. No, I, I want to have those conversations, but at a time where I'm a little more healed, a little more ready to to kind of, you know, be able to have a cogent conversation. And and can I ask you, Rox, before we kind of yeah 
you know, kind of delve into a lot of what we're talking about today as someone who's not religious, like how violating does this feel? It's, So, you know, we just had our season three finale event a few weeks ago, and um, we talked about bodily autonomy. And remember, Priscilla, I asked you, do you feel like the moment you're born, you were given the right to just sort of have choice over mm-hmm. your body, over mm-hmm. your actions, over, right, to make decisions for yourself in a way that's honest and expressive, and not, you know, killing anybody or breaking the law or, you know, like yeah, right. all of that. Um, and you said yes. Um, and um, I, I I can't even begin. I don't even I don't I do not have the words to express how I feel because mm-hmm. this has gone so far past anger. Yeah. This has gone so far past disappointment. Mm-hmm. This is just complete. I am just. I, I just feel completely demoralized and yeah. I feel completely humiliated and I feel completely violated. Mm. And that if I were to travel anywhere and somehow get into a situation, yeah, hopefully that never happens. And suddenly it leads to this other situation mm-hmm. in some of these states where they say abortion is banned from the moment of conception. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And I have to be there for who knows how long, who who the fuck knows, whatever the circumstances are. Yeah. I will not have the ability to make that decision for myself. Mm -hmm. And the course of my life will forever be changed. Yeah. Due to somebody who doesn't even fucking know me. Due to a group, a collective of people who do not know me. Yeah. And do not care about me. And do not care about the baby. Mm -hmm. And it's just like... Um, and it's it's in, it's interesting that you phrase it that way, because, you know, I do come from like a very Buddhist family. And right, right. Um, my mom has told me this is which, you know, I don't know. She was talking to like a monk the other day who's psychic and able to see spirits. And she said that there's some things that's called like baby spirits. Mm-hmm. And they basically stick around the mother, for example, if you have a miscarriage or you don't carry the baby to term, you have an abortion, blah, blah, blah. So all these poor little baby spirits are sort of stuck in this ether next to you. And I'm like, well, what about the dad? And goes, Oh Mm -hmm. no, but the mother has a womb. So she's obliged to sort of have all these baby spirits next to her. If they don't come. And I'm just like, why? Like even in Buddhism, (laughs) like there is this, there's this aspect of guilt that is projected onto the female body. Right. And um, it's weird because I'm a deeply spiritual person and I also believe that you have physical bodily autonomy, Mm -hmm. but now I'm not so sure anymore. And um, Mm -hmm. I haven't quite processed that yet. All I know is that I feel numb to it, which scares me. Yeah. And and I'm sorry for miscategorizing you as non-religious. Just like oh, I, no, that's no, no, definitely okay. my bias of like, no, just, no, you know, no, in, no. The, in the terminology. So thanks for, you know, kind of just no, like recentering that. I, I appreciate definitely, it. Definitely. No, yeah. no, babe. I mean, I didn't grow up in sort of the, you know, the way that you did where just there was a lot of institutionalized. Right. Yeah. yeah very no. institutional. And let's just say I will say this on record that I think that institutionalized religion is one of the worst things that could happen <laughs> <laughs> yep. to a country, yep. you know, and like making the decisions 
actions for the good of the people or yeah. like giving uh, freedom to so anyways I just think America's a scam and that the term freedoms for everyone's completely bullshit at this it point is. that's how I would feel it <laughs> is and and you know as you were saying that it kind of made me realize like again like it's so easy to put moral implications on this but that's actually not what what any of this is about right like I think we could argue the morality of of abortion till we're blue in the face and we'll go in circles and, you know, things can get ugly really quickly if you stand on the grounds of morality. Totally. However, what we're talking about is just access yeah, to resources, just access. not and even all- just to abortion, but to resources, you know, access so that a woman can safely miscarriage access so that if a woman has an ectopic pregnancies, she has access to care. Th- this is all about the policy around it. Both Roxy and I, I know this, we don't want more abortions. I think that's the huge misconception here. And yeah. so it gets centered around, you just want babies to die? No. like, And I just feel like there's got to be better ways to frame this conversation because we get so in the weeds of like, you're killing babies. Well, how can you kill babies? And it's like, dude, none of us want more babies to die. None and of this us. This is such a private matter. It's too, so you know what private. I mean? It's so private. And they're just like literally putting this whole topic with like a the biggest, broadest brush. Yes. You can ever imagine. I mean, the fact that they're like, well, like, don't even talk to me about like incest and rape because that's only 2%. It's like, it's so private. How do you know that for, how do you know that for a fact? Like how many people are volunteering that information and how many people are jotting that down and how many people are adding it to the same database? Like, it's just kind of like these bullshit statistics that get thrown at us on the, on the grounds of moral high ground, you know? Yes, exactly. Ding, ding, ding. And it's gross. A hundred fucking percent moral high ground. It's just, that's not what we're talking about. And so I would... I would just say, like, obviously, everyone's going to have a different opinion on this. But if someone's trying to hold the moral high ground over you, like just trying to recenter it around access and, and policy, like, you know, and, and, and constitutional right to privacy, like I, that's purely what it is. And but I think, Roxy, like I think anecdotes being shared and being used in a political sphere, it, it can be very manipulative. However, us sharing our own stories in our own words is one of the most powerful things we feel we can do right now. Right. Yes. And I just want to say that like already what's happening in some of these trigger states, I've been looking at TikTok, and there was a woman who said she went into the hospital Mm. yesterday, right when um, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And then literally the doctor like was, was she was going in for like, you know, feeling sick to her stomach, like regarding like food poisoning or whatever. And then they said, we see something on your record here from two years ago. What? Regarding her abortion. And they made her feel shame about it. Oh, my and God. And, like, almost coloring it or framing it in a way where it's like, you've committed a crime. But this was two years ago. It's very private. And she wrote in the caption, she's like, by the way, I wanted to keep the baby. Like, it wasn't my choice to, like, Whoa. like I had to do it for yeah. my own safety. So, again, I do want to share a personal story of mine. And okay. I also encourage for if you if it if you feel comfortable sharing to talk about, you know, your experiences as well, because the more restrictions that we have to access and resources you know in those communities those stories will be gatekept as well and um 
and it'll make you feel more isolated so yeah. that it prevents you from feeling like you have the power to make a choice, right? So yeah. um, a lot of you may know this, like if you are know me personally and interact with me, like are one of my best friends, um, Prisca went through this with me, and this is the first time mm-hmm. that I'm talking about it publicly. Yeah. Um, but last year around this time, oh my God, it's literally wow. the one year anniversary. Oh my God. It wow. was actually one year ago today, Priscilla. Oh my God. Oh my God, Roxy. <laughs> it's June 25th. Wow. I had my abortion last year today. Hmm. And, um, it was with my partner and, um, it was, you know, it was a situation where, I missed my period and I knew exactly something was wrong and we didn't plan to have kids, you know, all of that stuff. We were careful about tracking, but you know, you didn't the first time for everything. And, um, and we are in, you know, our situation polyamorous, you know, he just had a newborn with his partner, Victoria and, they all live together and they have that family structured on their end. Mm -hmm. And for me, I've always wondered, you know, a nuclear family isn't for me. All of this isn't for me. And, um, never thought that I would have kids, but lo and behold, that moment happened. Mm -hmm. And two days after my period, like when it didn't come, like all my friends were telling me that you're just stressed out. It's late, but I know my body. Yeah, you so I knew. went and got. Yeah, I knew. I knew <laughs> a yeah. woman's intuition. Oh my gosh, just so crazy. Um, and then, you know, I, I peed on a stick. I got so nervous. I fucked it up like three times. So I had to get like two, <laughs> like four pee sticks. And then um, the moment that I found out, like, of course, emotions were crazy. But one mm. emotion that I did know was that I did not want to have it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was such a confident, assured feeling. Yeah. And immediately I called Planned Parenthood and I wanted to schedule a terminacy, you know, I want to terminate mm-hmm. the pregnancy. And then they said, well, you have to wait another week. Cause it was and too said, early. It was too early. You have to make sure it's like five weeks along, you know, cause they asked me That's what my last so period was. Wild. It's crazy. My p- last period was literally 28 days before, you know, wow. uh, 30 days before. And they're like, you need to wait another week. So I had to sit in this purgatory of like, Oh my gosh. Right. Like I have to sit with this knowledge, not knowing who I could talk to because yeah. this topic has been shrouded with a lot of shame. Yep. Right. Like, yep. um, so I, sat with it, um, told all my close friends about it who like Priscilla, like offered such loving, unconditional support. Um, my partner job, you know, showed such loving, unconditional support. And, um, you know, and and that's what is fucking mind boggling about all this because Mm -hmm. like, you know, there are some States that say like, you can't, like terminate a pregnancy before six weeks or after six weeks right yeah. but the fact of the matter is is that you have you to wait until one exactly, until six weeks right exactly and, wow. and and that just basically makes it impossible or yeah. almost impossible for us to dictate like scheduling could be a thing you know like yeah. being having late periods or regular periods regular like, periods yeah 100%, exactly like every woman's body is different but yeah. i you know i got really lucky i caught it very early mm-hmm. and um i knew the moment i found out i was pregnant i was like 
I'm not meant to have this baby. Like it was right. just like a, it, it was, was just, just clear, a very clear. Yeah. And, um, so then, you know, I took the two pill process. Right. Mm. And, uh, and, everyone at Planned Parenthood was amazing. Like they gave me so much wonderful support. They offered the therapist, you know, all of these mm. things. It was a very nice environment and it didn't yeah. feel abnormal or strange. Right. And like, it they was just a, respected you. Yeah. I just remember like, I remember your state of mind was just so like, I would just say kind of freaked out. You were just kind of like not, fully in your body for a bit like it was just a lot to take in it was very overwhelming it was very emotional so I was so glad that everyone you encountered was so supportive and kind to you because it was already difficult you know it was already just like shocking for you and yeah I I'm so glad that like I'm so glad that people were so took their time to explain everything to you took their time to like you know what I mean make sure you're okay and whatnot because that was a very difficult time. Like it was just a very difficult thing for you to go to go through. And even as your friend, like you, as a friend, you can only be there for someone so much because I'm not in your body, you know, and to watch you go through it. I, I can't imagine what it, it must. It was hard. It was hard. I mean, I knew that just because I knew that it wasn't for me, doesn't mean I didn't grieve it. No. Yes. Yeah. You know, and yes. like John and I grieved the baby together, you know, we we before we made the resolution or you know, obviously he was supporting my decision cuz he would have been yeah. a dad no matter what, but like right. for me I said like um you know, it wasn't it wasn't easy. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to get rid of it out, no. you know, like it, no. it it lives in your body. And so then I thought um just I just knew like with my circumstance with me not being not really wanting to be a mother like right yeah. now you know and these circumstances i was able to you know have autonomy over my body and have autonomy mm-hmm. over my life mm-hmm. um because we worked so hard to get here right like our yeah. parents our ancestors like this country you know has worked or in california has worked so hard for us to be able to choose the lives that we live yeah. and um and so this was an experience that I got to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, really, really hard. Yeah. But I'm also so fucking thankful because mm-hmm. like, like the Planned Parenthood made it very easy for me. Mm-hmm. They, the instructions were very clear. It wasn't anything, you know, mm-hmm. they, they kept things really light, you know, they're yeah. like, you know, some feel pain, some don't. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, um, my best, you know, my best friends came over on the day to support me mm-hmm. with snacks and movies. And, mm-hmm. um, I did it in the comfort of my own home and, um, I already grieved it with the people that I needed to grieve it with. And yeah. then, I started my crazy plant obsession after I had my abortion. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's like another thing too. But I want to say, I want to share the feeling I had the morning after mm. the procedure was done. And I remember like waking up, you know, and it's an induced miscarriage. So mm-hmm. for me, it was really, really, really painful, but mm. you have to wear pads um, wow. so that you could just track track your blood loss, you know, just to make sure it's normal. Oh and God. so, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was painful in the, the you know, in the moment. But like um, the morning after I felt extreme relief mm-hmm. and there was a, an inner knowing in my body that this was the right thing to do for me. Mm-hmm. And I felt so grateful 
the morning after, I remember like thinking about my entire maternal line and thinking about all the women that came before me mm. that like never had the ability to choose for themselves or maybe they they did but obviously none of it was shared because it was yeah. shrouded with shame yes. so um but now i got to be the one who made a choice for myself mm. right yeah. and um it felt really good and it felt it felt complicated but it also i felt like i made i knew i made the right decision for me yeah wow roxy thank you so much for Ooh. i know how much this has weighed on you for the past year and um you know there have been times where you didn't feel like the right time to share and you didn't want to yet you weren't ready like whatever it was I'm so grateful that you just shared that because like you said like I know you're not alone in going through it but it's so difficult for us to talk about and for you to to be so courageous and open up about that like thank thank you like thank it felt, you it so much. It feels like thank you, babe. I feel like I need to share it now, even more than ever. And yeah. you know, when I was going through it, none of my close friends have gone gotten one before. Mm-hmm. So that was really isolating and scary for me because again, there's the giant dark vortex of shame that you're telling yourself, like, am I not maternal? Am I not loving? Little yeah, little yeah, right? Yeah. And then um I was getting my hair done. <laughs> my <laughs> hairdresser I just randomly asked her, I'm like, have you or known anybody that's gotten an abortion? And Mm -hmm. my hairdresser was like, oh, I've had one. Right. And then she shared with me her very difficult abortion. Mm. Right. In great detail. And then my friend who I've known for 12 years, you know, as a as a really trusted member on my team, you know, she shared while she was doing my makeup one day. Same thing. And. Then my other friend was like, you know, she's like, oh, I, I'm so lucky. I, I got one at 19, but now I have two beautiful babies, you know, yeah. and she's like, and that was not the right time, but I'm so no. grateful, you know, like yeah. all of these, there's all these stories about like how to fuck up your fertility, all of these things. I, I, I just, it, it just continues to shame your choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that everybody unless you're very young and, and you need support and guidance and judgment, like um, you're capable of making that choice as an adult, you know, like, and it's private. It's a private, it is a very private thing. It is a very, very private thing. And I know a lot of people could have convinced me to do otherwise, but in my heart, like this is what I had to do for me. Um, You know, I, I just want to say like, I, as you're saying all this, it's affecting me so deeply because I, you know, I, I remember being in religious spaces where these men are on the pulpit, um, chastising anyone who's gotten an abortion or demonizing abortion. And these women would be sitting around me just weeping, just weeping. And you have no idea what they've been through, what multitudes live within them. And they are just, guilted and shamed and hateful of themselves for whatever decisions that they've made, you know? And I think it's like, it has nothing to do with anyone else. And I'm so glad like that you're sharing kind of your thought process and, and the feelings of both grief and empowerment because they can live together. You know, you felt sadness and grief, but you also felt that, at least it was your empowered choice. You know, it was your decision. And 
it need to it needed to be made for you you know that's why it hurts to think about all the other people who are now unable to make this choice for themselves yeah yeah it's the reality of it is terrifying and you know i would say you know i myself i have not had an abortion however i have supported friends through them Mm-hmm. in various stages of my life and that's its own you know it, obviously not even close but just to bear witness to it is very sobering and eye-opening yeah. and I think any of well, us I was who- a wreck I was a complete wreck <laughs> when I was going through it I was I was you you remember like that was yeah. just uh, it was a so lot. tough it was one it of was the hardest lot. things I've seen you go through to be yes. honest like yes it, it was. was one of the hardest things and like I think it's even easy for someone listening to be like, well, that was never me. But I would even say, even if you haven't had an abortion, but you're a pregnant, capable person who's had penetrative sex with someone with a penis, we've all had that feeling of dread and terror that you might be pregnant without wanting to, even if you took like precautionary measures. Like we've all had that moment and just it's like, it's easy to just be like, to separate yourself and be like, well, that'll never be me. I'm just never going to find myself in that situation. It's like, try to envision a little further, try to use your imagination a little further to try and have compassion and to try and understand that like this can happen to any of us. And if you're met with that moment and you want this to be, if you want to have that child in your life, great. But also if you don't like that's that's perfectly good and OK to us, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. It's just like it just boils down to if you don't believe in abortion. Great. Like yeah. if you believe in abortion. Great. Like yeah. Make that own choice for yourself. You know, like yeah. what does the government have anything to do with our individualistic choice of our own bodies? That's yeah. what baffles me. Yeah. Um. So I just like, you know, if if you goatees have any stories that you would like to share with us please write us hello at twohornyghosts.com i think yes. during this time um you know if you feel that you would like to share and be kept anonymous that's something we will honor as well um it's done so much for me you know yes. like when i was going through it or yeah um even saying it now feels really good yep goatees i think what we're gonna do is create a google form of some sort and put it on the show notes for this episode yeah so if you want to fill that out anonymously you can um and just you know let us know if you want it shared or if you don't but i think it's just helpful for roxy and i just to feel that community aspect and then if you wanted to share a voice note with us then please send that to hello at twohornygoats.com we are always so interested in what you have to say and like we learned from our live event, like we are nothing without our goatees and our community. You know, we're literally just screaming into a void if we're alone, (laughs) you know, and that's useless. So, or just um, me and Prisca just having (laughs) endless phone calls where we unravel in front of each other, like forever until we die forever Um, (laughs) until we die. Yes. Yeah. And also like, uh, you know, uh, I know we're tired and I know I feel tired, but 
protest to protest and also contribute to your local abortions fund, please. Um, And if you are able to provide access, I know we all know this is coming. uh, Organizations that are going to be funding travel for, um, you know, pregnant people and their need to or their decision to abort babies. That's going to be happening as well. So um, just extend support, whether it's emotional or physical support, monetary support. We all know what's coming. Yep, absolutely. And if you're able to do what you can and help educate and help continue this on. And um, we'll be right here processing with you. Um, I know our finale episode comes out in a few days, but you know, we're still here over the summer and we will continue having a lot of thoughts and ruminating on this. So please continue to share. And also I just want to say like Roxy, what you just shared was so courageous if you want to extend just some words of encouragement to rocks, you know where to send them. Hello at twohornygoats.com. Like sharing so vulnerably, it's a lot. And you're sharing this private information. You're gifting it to the world right now. And so I just want to thank you for that. Thank you, my love. And I also will take forms of money as compensation. <laughs> You could donate to She us. still has a sense <laughs> of sorry. humor, y'all. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. It's just like ingrained in our know, show notes feeds. Um, and I, I am like, I'm obviously, we want to end it a little lightly, but um, thank you so much, Prisca. Yeah. You know, I love you so much. And I, I you know, I love all of you, Goatees. Thank you for listening. And um, hopefully we could all hold each other during this time and we could keep moving forward. We'll talk to y'all soon. Love you. <laughs>